This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Shirts for the Scene. Head over to thepopcoproject.com and you can purchase your favorite band tee. We are raising money for the local artist in northeastern Pennsylvania whose income was drastically affected by COVID-19 since the world shut down all the way back in March of last year. Hard to believe we've been going through this for almost a year now, but that's why this fundraiser is so important. Artists and musicians' income has been next to nothing. And by buying a t-shirt on the online store, your purchase will directly have an impact as the proceeds go to the band whose shirt you are buying. There are over 100 bands, artists, and venues to choose from, but the store will be closing at the end of March. So go to thepopgoproject.com and purchase your shirt today. That's thepopgoproject.com and click the link for Shirts for the Scene. And Shirts for the Scene is made possible by Axel Rad Screen Printing in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Visit them online at axelradarmy.com. My guest today served as the marketing associate for The Weekender. For those of you who don't know, The Weekender back in the day was the Bible when it came to arts and entertainment in Northeastern Pennsylvania. She was my boss when I was an intern back in 2004, and I'm thankful that she left in 2005 when she did uh, because it enabled me to be hired full-time. Most of us have crazy Weekender stories, but I think some of her stories after she left are crazier. It's been about 15 years since we last really spoke, so it was great catching up with her. This is The Weekender Files. Welcome to the show, Christina Romanchik, or Christina Dugan, as I first knew her many, many years ago. We are live for another Weekender Files podcast, hanging out with Christina Romanchik. That's that, me now. Yeah. Otherwise, back in the day when I was first introduced to you, you were Christina Dugan. Correct. And I have to ask you, any relation to Aaron Dugan? Yes. Yes. She is my um, niece. Yeah. She's my niece. She's no, my your... cousin. Yeah, she's my cousin. I was going to say. Smart. I really just started drinking, but it's been oh, a while. Are, so. You are drinking. Okay. You are drinking. I Good. Drinking, yes. No, Good. she's my cousin. So we go way back. We used to play all the time at my grandma's and grandfather's house every Friday. Yeah. I, I kind of put that together like after the, of, uh, you know, knowing who you were like back in the day. After I no longer saw you, because I haven't seen you in, I think we said like six, 15 or 16 years. So I know. I can't believe it's that long, but yeah, it's been a while. I know. Well, so, I, I, yeah, no, Erin. Yeah. She, uh, she actually went to Kings like I did and she went to for communications, but she fulfilled it and she went on to be on the news and everything. That was my ob- objective, but I went into marketing. Well, I'm glad you did. Yeah, me too. I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you got into it and then you got out of it. I got out of it at the yeah. weekend, or at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I was always, my start. I always, uh, I always say thank you to the, the those who left uh, ahead of me, <laughs> so that way I could kind of step in and <laughs> and have my. Yeah, career. no, it was right for your taking. So you were perfect to fill the shoes. So, well, I'm glad you're drinking because I feel like we have to during these episodes because we spend a lot of time doing that. 
at the weekend or not good because we were alcoholics by any means, but I mean, the job was, um, we got paid to party, which was pretty cool. It was cool. And actually, I mean, it helped out all the time because we were always on the spotlight. Yeah. I felt so it really starting it. I became, you know, it just became easier to be on stage and, and welcome bands and welcome everybody. If you had a drink, <laughs> everything's better with beer so what, what are you drinking what are you drinking i am drinking a red wine called sir walter's red okay I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a wine guy i'm a beer no? guy no and i am i'm drinking one of those uh popular uh breaky breaker brewing company pop tops oh, frosted okay. strawberry ipa <laughs> is it strawberry wine or strawberry beer yes Yes, it is. Really? It's very good. A little pricey. It was $19 for a four-pack. Now, I mean, they are yeah. bigger cans, but I mean, whatever. If it's worth it. Support local. Support local. I do. Which is what I we do. always did at the weekend, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Big time. So let's get into that. You, at the time when I met you, when I was an intern in 2004, and then even when you had left, you were the marketing coordinator slash sales assistant or sales something mm-hmm. just marketing no i didn't do any sales okay i just did marketing for and promotional work right so yeah that was really yeah i wasn't i would go with the sales to get like their money and stuff like that but that was just on my tuesdays just to make enough time to help out yeah <laughs> They gave me the title of marketing associate and then they added ad associate or, or something like that to my title too. So I had like a hand in marketing and a little bit of sales too, which kind of worked out in my favor. But so when did you start at the Weekender? I actually started in 2002. I started as an intern like you did. Okay. I read it in the paper because I would grab it. And I would see, oh, what band do I have to go and see now? And um, and sure enough, I saw that they were looking for a journalist intern, which was my um, what I was going to school for. And they were looking for a marketing intern. So I actually landed both. Oh. I wrote um, about a bar. It was whatever it was called, something like oh webbing or something or winging or something like that and i actually had to go to a bar where they were serving um wings and so i reviewed it and i was able to get in from that and i did that for a whole summer so before i was um i even got a job i and i stayed with them that was really when uh the web started taking off and um and then i i would update their pictures so i started full-time as just a little side gig so i was going to king's and i was doing that and then when i graduated king's christy told me christy greer i believe you interviewed her a couple yes. times yep. so um she had told me that another publication was looking for somebody and I think it was a Pittston dispatch. So I interviewed with them and I landed that spot. So that was really my first job. And then luckily somebody else got bumped and, and moved off 
to pursue a different field. And they were looking for the marketing. So I interviewed for that position and I ended up getting it. Very like cool. I feel yeah, like a, it cool. I feel like a lot of employees at the Weekender came from uh, King's College. You went to King? Yeah, you know what? It's really funny because before um, Leslie started working there, I, she was in my class and Katie was in my class. So I had a bunch. So I knew them even before they even started at the Weekender. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, we yeah. You, and I didn't, you and I didn't cross paths until I interviewed. No, we didn't. We didn't. I actually went to LCC, so I already had like a base, but there okay. were some classes that I missed, so I had to start in like a freshman class, and that's where they were. So gotcha. it's funny. So I got to meet them, and a couple of years later, I was working with them. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, what was what was life like when you started at the Weekender? I mean, you're you know obviously you're young, and um, you know this is a paper that you're familiar with as far as you know reading. Um, how did you feel about you know working there? Um, very humbled. I was excited. I liked it. I would always read it, so it was something that I knew. All my friends knew about it. Um, I just enjoyed it going to work. Um, but with the people that I worked with, like a Joe student, Shelby, um, MJ, I felt well, what I can learn from them. And that was really like, I, I felt like, Hey, I need a job and what am I going to learn from it? And you know what I, what I learned from Joe and from Shelby and how dedicated they were in writing their articles and everything, I really grew and, and became professional, I thought. And MJ was, you know, funny. She was a sales rep. I think she was still there when you were there. Um, was she there? I don't I don't think so. I don't remember an, an MJ, even when I was an intern. Okay. Well, she was always there. Like, I, I think the last year or so she left. And she was actually dating one of the band guys. Um, I forget what band it was. She was there for quite some time and she was like the mean person. She was actually a sales with Rachel and they had just two sales reps that would go out and make the sale. And then Melissa Miner, she ended up getting the position for the marketing and I ended up taking her position and she went into sales. So she was there and I developed a great friendship with her. Cool. And what do you think, um, you know, as someone in the marketing de- department, so to speak, wh- what do you think you uh, like brought to the weekend or as far as um, either your own spin or, or how did you add to the team in, in that department? Different creativity. Um, like when Rachel left, I got hit with more on my plate. So I had to do the model of the week and Rachel would do it every week. And I was like, I'm not doing that. So I ended up um, starting with, I had interns on my plate. So I was like, that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to make it a weekender project and that's going to be their final project. So you'd have to go out and get a, a promotion together and get like five 
girls <laughs> to be the model of the week and fill out the paper. And we would get Jim Gavinas. He would add the the take the pictures and we would just make it a fun time. And it was so easy to get people that were already dressed up and already like we would head to the weekend or, or the woodlands. And it was it was that type of thinking outside the box that helped along the way because it wasn't just my only job. I saw it a lot more to do. It was just an extra task that was kind of thrown onto the marketing. So just thinking outside the box, even um, like our the one time uh, when Damien started working there and, um, you know, he was really talented in, in the way he would design and everything. So we had the, the deck series. And I came to him and I said, you know what, Dean, there was this book I always read when I was little and I just loved it. And it fits so well in. And it was where the wild things are. And I said, let's do a deck series around that. So he came up and he created this awesome T-shirt and it, it was dead on to what I wanted. So getting all the sponsors and getting everything like that, it was just awesome. So it was just that little thinking and how it expanded and became what it became. And, and you know, just little thinking and how something can grow. It's pretty cool. Well, I feel like you uh, worked smarter, not harder in that, in that yeah. aspect. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I that was. Did. I had to. Yeah. There was a lot more on my plate than just putting in the the ads and everything and putting it into dumbing, right? That's what we did. Yeah, we dumbing the paper. Dumbing the paper, yeah. <laughs> dumbing the paper. Yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, being an intern for you and having to kind of help with the models of the week. And even to this day, I'm, I'm a very shy guy. Uh, so I'm actually thankful that we had two other interns with me who were both female, uh, Ashley yeah. and Jess. And uh, they were, you know, it's it's easier for a girl to approach a girl because yeah. they're girls, right? It's not like, a, yeah. a cre- it's not creepy John saying, hey, I think you're hot. Like, you want to be modeling? Hey, <laughs> just sign up? Yeah. Yeah. That was, no, that was always exactly. one of those. Yeah. It was one and of those it also <clears> helped. <throat> they had a lot of friends. Do you remember yeah. like who they got? I remember the one night and it was like girl after girl after girl. I think we were done in like the first hour. And I was like, all right, well, what do we want to do now? Let's drink. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what were those called? Model searches? Yeah. Yeah. We would, we, I, most of them were at the Woodlands. Right. And then I think like when the deck series came, we had a lot that we would look out in the crowd for and see. And there were just people there that were having fun in the summer and on the deck and they really liked it. So yeah, they were like, okay, sure. Sign up. Yeah. I, and it was I, cool. I mean, the weekend was popular when, when you were in the in marketing. Um, but I feel, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Cause I feel like getting uh, females to do model of the week and even guys to do man of the week as you know, we kind of entered the late two thousands and, 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 um, you know, 2010, 2011, it was harder to get um, models and men to participate. And I don't know why that was. I don't know if it was because it got to the point where it was just so big and like they, people just felt that if they were in the paper, they would get made fun of or or what really happened. I don't know, but it just kind of, it feels like it kind of got harder. Yeah, really? 
Yeah. That's too bad because I think like at the time that I was still there, we would have like the model of the year party and it just always seemed like a really nice time. So, and then we started with the men, you know, so they were involved too. And it just, it didn't seem like a hard piece to land, but for me to do it like once a week, I was like, oh no, I can't do that. So I'm going to put my interns and have a final project. Yeah. And I think you guys had to like bring me like 20 <laughs> models and it basically like helped until the next round of interns came in. And yeah, I would I mean, just pick one out every week that it was already filled and we had their picture. So it just, it helped out a lot. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's funny because, you know, there was a stigma that interns would get coffee uh, at, at jobs where our internship, we got, uh, girls. Wine, <laughs> Wine and beer. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Bring back some girls and guys. Yeah. Fetch me, Get fetch me the, the fetch me the next model of the week. Fetch, all right. Who's yeah. picking out this week? <laughs> and did you have involvement in planning the model of the year parties? Oh yeah. That was like another fun, um, stressful very stressful but I was able to bring my creativity to that it was like I saw what they did in the past and I would say hey Christy well like why don't we get them a sash and I'd make it or I would say hey let's take their pictures and put them all up on you know different paperwork and everything so it was like just able to and I would like decorate with glitter and everything and just really make it sparkle. And then we would get the bands and we would get the sponsorship and working with the Woodlands and Mitch and and everything like that. It was a lot of fun. And it's, it made me more into marketing and, and not journalism and not communications where I thought that that was my strong suit. I wanted to do that and work them being in, um, um, TV. That's what I thought I wanted to do. But doing this job made me feel like, hey, you know what? I actually have a mind and I'm able to use it. I'm able to bring in a lot of different thoughts to it and bring in a little piece of me and a custom. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that. For sure. And outside of the models and, and, and men, I mean, what else did you uh, do for the marketing part of the uh, Weekender? Oh, gosh. Let me think. I mean, like I said, I would dummy the paper. So that was every Monday. So, and then Tuesdays we're creating the paper. Oh, and then I would also type up the Coolers Live, which was a band thing. So that was really my Tuesday. And that was like a nightmare. I think you talked about it in other episodes, but, you know, just like waiting and trying to get the (laughs) update of what the bands were and how long it really took. All freaking day. Yeah. So for anyone who's listening or watching, like when we when we referenced dummying the paper, that really was kind of compiling what the paper would look like when it came out on Wednesday, which came out every Wednesday. Um, and we would kind of like lay it out. And, and I don't know if it was, was like this when, when you did it, but I think it was. We'd basically have like a stack. Of, if it was an 80-page paper, we'd have 80 pages of, uh, you know, yeah. white sheets of paper. Where they add, they, you know, we'd have the front cover and then all the ads on the second page and so on and so forth. 
and it was a way that the whether an editorial could look at it and see like what pages they needed to fill, what ads were going where, so that the sales reps could make sure that you know if the if the Woodlands paid extra for page three, which they always did, yeah. that, that that was there when it was supposed to be, and and that's what we call dummy in the paper. Um, and then a Cora's Live section for those of you listening or, or watching and are familiar with the weekend or know that the Cora's Live section was. Um, you know, probably if it was, it probably went model of the week page and then people probably turned to the Cora's live page because it was, it was a, uh, just a a full page of, you know, what bars had what bands playing. It was just really, uh, easy compiled list to, to see who was playing where. And and that was, uh, a very valuable piece of real estate. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was. But like, like you said in the past just waiting all day of how to get that. And the sales reps would have to write it in and I'm, I'm compiling them, I'm typing them and I would ship it off to Michael who would then be able to plant it in the paper. But I mean, that was an all day thing because you're waiting all day so you can type it up and I'd be like, okay, are we done? It's like six o'clock. You know what I mean? And I think we got everyone's money. Yeah. (laughs) All the strip club money. Because that was an ordeal in itself. <laughs> yeah. So one th- one thing that I'm very proud of, because obviously when you left, I was hired and I kind of took over uh, the things you were doing. And like maybe a year or two after I was in my role, I'm like, there has to be an easier way to do this. Because we had like, I think like two of the big sheets of paper, like taped together or stapled or whatever that you were like, you know, the, the, the reps would write, they would write the, the band name in. So A, it was hard if the, if the rep couldn't, you know, write nicely, it was hard to decipher, <laughs> but it was just like this, it was just, this is like very big piece of, uh, of, of paper that was just difficult to kind of, uh, you know, transcribe. And so one thing I did, and this was before Google sheets or anything like that existed, uh, is I just created a way where, um, there was like a just a word document, and people can go into that and kind of the, the reps could update that themselves. Oh, nice! You know? So yeah, so if like wow. Janelle, for instance, like she's in Cora's live, like you know Katie or Tiffany couldn't be in it at the same time, but like there was a way that they could all access the word document, fill it out them on their own because I mean they knew who was playing where, you know. Right. So it was, there was no because that was also the thing if if we screwed up that Cora's live. If we inserted the wrong band, the wrong venue, oh yeah, we were even hear about it. We were getting the harassed. Next day. Oh my yeah. gosh, so I the, remember a couple times it got messed up, and I'd like run over to it, like, "What did I do wrong?" And luckily, yeah. I don't think it was me. I just think that they told us something wrong, or it ended up being on them most of the time. But yeah, exactly. It was always that, okay, what's wrong with the paper the next day? Because we're going to hear about it immediately. That was, yeah, the Wednesday mornings were spent uh, putting out fires if there was any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be like starting a new week and having the meeting and then you would be interrupted by somebody calling. Yeah. (laughs) Something's wrong with it. That was cool though, because like I mean, obviously people were paying attention to it. So you know, as a, as a sales rep, you can be like, okay, yeah, this is wrong, but obviously people are looking at the product that you're you're paying money for those eyes. So it's like you could you could spin it and say, well, I know it was wrong, but 
people are still looking. So, yep. So we found the viewers. So. But unfortunately, yeah. But unfortunately, then I mean, we you know, we were a weekly paper, so we couldn't like fix it the next day. It was wrong nope, for the entire it was week. Published. Yep, that was it. <laughs> and but we that was have... really good that you gave it to the sales reps, and in return, you know, it took that off your plate. Yeah, and it wasn't just to take it off my plate. It was more of a just a it kind of removed some steps and, and reduced error because again, you That's know, if, if the if the bar owner tells them and they write it down wrong. And then they pass it along to me, and maybe I read it wrong. It's there's just too many hands in the, in the you got it the whole no, transaction. That so so. Smart. And it was also yeah. easier to type it than it was to write it on that sheet of paper because a lot of times maybe there was three bands and there's a the small Excel. Well, not they weren't small. Right. They were they were bigger than they were on a computer. But you know what I'm saying they, they were like if, if they wrote too big, it was just a big jumbled mess. So. But yeah, so yeah, Wednesdays were definitely a uh, a good and bad day. It was like a restart, but it was also like, who was going to call and yell at us today? Yeah. But. And then um, I think like the rest of my week would consist of having promotions and going in and supporting it and getting it ready or taking the, the pictures and getting that ready, planning ahead, things like that always. So that was really the job. Doesn't seem like a lot, but it felt like a lot back then. It was just—it was time-consuming. It wasn't hard work by any means. It was just a lot of. It just took a lot of time. And I know a lot of the work, like what you're saying, is. And there was times where, if we had a, you know, a two-hour weekend or night out, is what we call them, from nine to eleven, on a Wednesday, I wouldn't come in until maybe ten or eleven. You know, so we, yeah. uh, our hours kind of fluctuated in, in the, you know, when we were needed. So, um, but yeah, those weekend nights out were, were interesting too, because, um, again, you're, you're getting paid to be out social. And one thing I, one thing I, those weekend nights out, right. Yeah. And I don't know how you felt about them, but they were, they were so valuable and we did those as like added value for our advertisers. So, so I spent some time after the weekender in radio where, you know, people pay for a live broadcast. Okay. So not only, so they, so they pay for the station to be on site and they also pay the DJ. Cool. Yeah. So in looking back on it and I, and Rachel reminded me, but I'm pretty sure we tried to implement a, uh, a way to start charging for weekend or nights out, but it was like we had done them for free and as added value for so long trying to charge at this point was like, listen, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm spending two grand a month. Why why am I being charged for, you know, one weekend or night out? And for those of you watching, listening weekend or night out was just a fun night out. Just, just exactly how it sounds. So what would happen is, um, you know, let's say it was Bruce Brothers. They had a, a band playing. Let's call them Bad Hair Day. We had we'd have a weekend or night out, so we'd advertise that hey, the weekend is going to be at Bruce Brothers on Thursday with the band Bad Hair Day. We'll be there with ticket giveaways or you know free weekend or T-shirts or, or whatever it might be. So the bar would you know get an additional ad in the, the weekender to promote that we're going to be there. We would come. We would take photos. We'd hang out. Give away you know swag. 
And then the following week, we would feature what we called a look what you missed ad where people would have their pictures in that like half page or whatever size the ad may be um, of people there having fun, you know, winning the award or not the awards, the, the prizes or whatever. And it was a lot of fun and people would always pick it up because they wanted to see themselves in the newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. So. They wanted to see or read it or whatever yeah. we were doing. So it definitely, I mean, it paid to advertise then because you're not only just getting your publication, your ad, you're also getting a little bit more of a value. Yeah. So, yeah. It was fun. We got to go out and uh, host those events and yeah, yeah, party. Did. And we would give out t-shirts and we would give out, you know, beer openers and, and a whole bunch of things. So, yeah, I'm like working with DJs. I remember like DJ Rob Sachs mm-hmm. and he would come up with things like uh, game shows. So yeah. we would go and support that, you know, and we just always helped people. I thought Um that in return they were helping us with providing music if we needed something or it just was a good system to help out even um jim cavinas you know what i mean like i remember him and uh at that time he wasn't a teacher i think now he's a teacher for lcc but it was a struggle for him and i every time that we would have especially the model I would call him right up and be like, Jim, you got to come. I need you. And uh, yeah, he'd be right there. He was awesome to work with. And it paid off for him. You know, here's a guy that I think some of his work was even in the Grammys. So, I mean, yeah, right. So it was was really cool working with people like that. Yeah. So in 2005, you decided to step away from The Weekender. I did. Yep. I went to Bingo Dental, which I think a couple of the people that. Okay, yeah, hold on. Right? Oh, so everyone everyone comes from King's College and then everyone leaves for Bingo Dental. <laughs> well, I think I was the first that yeah. actually left there. Um, I was interviewing, and I mean, John, it was like my first interview, like really out of school. I was already at the weekender and I knew the weekender. I knew it. So I interviewed well, but this interview, you know, the guy was asking me money. Uh, what money do you want to start with? And I was like, what? I can actually tell you, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because um, the weekender yeah, did not I, I got really a job there and I loved it. You know, it was, it was able to bring in my marketing sense. Um, basically they had a publication and I was selling to, there I was selling, but it was like to Oral-B and it was to um, just all kinds of dental reps that would put their picture, like their advertisement in. And then you would have the pharmaceutical rep for the dental world and they would take out that publication and sell to the dentist. So that's what I was doing. And in return, I ended up going to a bunch of conventions I only stayed there for like a year because it just, I wanted something else. I just felt like uh, I went on vacation and I left Florida. So I was like, no, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. And uh, my parents were like, you're going to get a job. So I interviewed and actually I, I 
was supposed to move with Banco Dental. Um, just the person I was going to work under, it was called an inventory control specialist. So I was going to go to different practices and see what their merchandise that they were missing and just scan it and then fill it. And I was like, easy enough. And then that way would to start with um, knowing the product, learning the product, and then eventually leading into a sales rep position. Uh, but things don't work out the way that we hope it will. And I was just waiting and waiting and waiting. So I t- took the bull by the horns and I ended up quitting. And I went down to Florida and luckily it worked out for me because I got a job that same week, got a roommate the same week. Um, and I think I even got a boyfriend the same week. <laughs> <laughs> the trifecta, <laughs> trifecta. Job, yeah, right? roommate, boyfriend. Now, was, yeah. the, was the roommate also the boyfriend? No, but he actually <laughs> helped me get the roommate because the roommate was his boss. It was this girl named Maria, and she was from the Canary Islands, and she needed a roommate. So when I moved down there, I met him by getting sunglasses. I was like, I'm going to buy myself Chanel sunglasses. I work this hard. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a job, don't have a place to live or anything. But I'm going to buy these $500 shades. So in return, I met him and he was like, hey, my roommate needs somebody. So that's how I got it. And in the meantime, what I did is I sent my resume everywhere. And I was going to take a job for concierge. And the lady, who her name was Nancy, and she saw my background in marketing. And she offered me the position to work for... Um, a spa that was located at the Portofino, which is located at Universal Studios. So I was able to work on that land and I would work with everyone at Universal Studios and it's also connected to Disney. So I ended up getting the Disney side too. So I was selling to any groups that were coming in and telling them about our products and trying to get them to the spa. And I was also doing that with Disney. So, but the weekender was my background for that marketing job. And that's exactly why I got that. Very cool. So you went weekender to Benko Dental. Correct. And then you said, the hell with it. I'm going to Florida. I'm going to move there. And you went to Florida. Moved there. No job, no boyfriend, No no roommate. Went to Florida, landed in Florida and said, all right, this is my new life. Yep. And I got to find a job really quick. <laughs> so and luckily they were calling. Um, the trick is that I was using somebody else's address because I had my address back home um, in Nanticoke, where I'm originally from. And no one was calling them, but I had to put a Florida address in. So I didn't know a person that I met. Um, and I use that person's address because I wasn't living there. I was living in like a little motel for like a week. And I would just go everywhere because I really didn't know if it was where I wanted to be. I just knew it was in Florida. So I would interview in Miami. I would interview in Tampa. I would interview in like Fort Myers. I was going to all these interviews. And the one that I thought that I had um, yeah, I found out like the, the next night before I left for Florida that I'm sorry, we picked somebody else. And I'm like, hmm, well, I already gave my 
notice that I quit. So I'm going to pack up the car and not tell my family (laughs) and go down there. So luckily it just all worked out for me. And I stayed there for like four and a half years. Wow. Okay. So Florida four and a half years. So I always have a lot of admiration for people that can just kind of say, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm young. I'm going to take this risk while I can, because, and that's what, if, if you're anyone who is young out there is listening to this, take the risks and take the chances when you're young, because if you fail, you can easily not saying that you did Christina. Uh, if you, but if you do, you have a time in your life where you can kind of rebound and, and pick up the pieces and you have time for that as opposed to, and you don't live with regret. Right. Because I, you know, I just, I don't know what it was. It was just something that was in me. I, it was that time of my age. I would think I was 26 years old and I was like, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. And I always wanted to live there. I'd always felt like I was always, on vacation, I used to look outside and see my palm trees and see Mickey Mouse or like Donald Duck walking through. <laughs> um, it was, it was probably the, it was definitely the right time, and I'm glad I did it. So yeah, yeah, if you ever think, just push yourself, you know. Just do it. And I always knew that my parents were home, and I always had a way back. Exactly. What I want to say is like you know, parents will always bring you back. They will never disown you. They'll, if you fail and you can always come home. Um, yeah, I, I never, I never took those risks. I never, I never, you know, took the leap of faith, I guess you could say. Um, but I was, I was always happy with where I was. So, I mean, not the, not saying you were unhappy and you needed to, to do this, but I just never had that like wild side, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> No, because it's crazy. Like, I mean, I, I, said, I know that's, it, you know. I don't know what it was. I went on vacation and I was like, God, I love it here. I love it. Like it just would feel like I'm always going to be on vacation. Yeah. And I moved down and that's exactly what I felt. And, um, you know, the heat didn't bother me. I liked it. Uh, it was either air conditioned or you'd walk outside and my hours, you know, I'd work till five. So by that time, it was kind of, you know, not as as hot, humid. And I'd have a pool to go to. So, I mean, it was just a different kind of lifestyle down there. So I had a lot of fun. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> um, like I said, not everyone can just take that, that, uh, that jump. And um, I'm definitely one of those people. I mean, my life played out. Very well. I'm happy that the, the steps that I took, but it, you know, some people get in that safe route and they just want to be like, okay, well, I don't want to take that risk because what if this and what if that? And, and, and you're a female too. And I'm not saying, please, when I say that, don't, don't anyone think that I'm like, females can't do these things. It just, I mean, it, it, it's those type of those moves. I don't want to get myself in trouble here because it's not. I'm gonna stop you talking. Really out? I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> no, I, I just, it just, it's like, it's like a, it's a, it's a scary world for anybody, let alone, scary. let alone a female. I mean, yeah. it just, there's creepy guys out there. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, speaking of that, I mean, when I moved down there, because I was like in the best shape of my life, and I decided I'm gonna go out, and I, and the place that I lived was really nice. Um, 
but I would run. It was like five o'clock in the morning and, you know, not even think about anything. And I was very naive because now I hear like a lot of what went on down there and it just scares me now, you know, like I definitely would have brought my shotgun or mace with me now <laughs> in the world, even though it was safe and you would look out and you would see like all this palm trees and different lands and everything, but the world's scary. And uh, yeah, I, I would have had to protect myself. So I definitely got more um, cautious while I was down there. That's, that's what I was getting at. You learn, you know, just everything in your life. You learn from it. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. That's what I was getting at. Not that women can't do things. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a scary world out there. There are creepy men and, and men do shitty things. And it's it's a scary it's scary to be a woman sometimes, and I'm sorry for that. <clears throat> um, but yeah. so you're there for four years. Yes. What happened next? Did you come home? <laughs> what happened next is because I feel I feel like real quick I I feel like I still saw you I want to say because you were still friends with like Tiffany Stein now Tiffany Harm. Yeah. Um, I was actually before I, I left. I think she got married in like 2005. So it's funny is no, you went to her wedding. Tiffany and was, I went her wedding. But I was still I was still in Pennsylvania. I believe so. And no, because that makes sense. I, I feel like you were I still saw you around every now and then, like two thousand six, seven. I think she got married I wanna say two thousand ten. Really? I could oh, be wrong. Two thousand ten or nine, maybe nine. Okay, so then I probably flew back. I remember just being there. I don't remember living out in Florida then, but yeah, I lived in Florida. Um, no, you know what? I think maybe it was like 2009. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to ask her, but I remember going to it. And I remember your, your seat was right behind me. And I remember seeing you and your date. And I said, John, your date's so pretty. <laughs> I married that girl. I know you did. <laughs> I was like, you better marry her. She's so pretty. And uh, I was so happy for you. And I remember who we saw there. And it's funny because the guy that I brought, I ended up marrying too. <laughs> oh, very cool. <laughs> Tiffany's yeah. wedding made, made magic oh. happen. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, so did you meet your husband when you were in Florida? No, I met my husband before I met, I left for Florida. So I do you remember Greg? Greg Anthony, yes. Okay, so you know that I dated him. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up. I, I was like, you know okay. what? There's not. I mean, <laughs> no, it's yes, out of the yes. bag. So when I met Christina back in the weekend, or she was dating a sales rep at the weekend at the same time. Go. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It was. So that didn't work out. And um, but remember, MySpace was hot. Back yeah. then, okay. So I had a MySpace account, and um, and so we broke up, and so I wanted to make him so jealous that I went out and I found all the hot guys that I could possibly find and put them as my top ten. <laughs> and I didn't know any of them, but guess what? They were my top friends. So one of the hot guys was the guy I brought to sweaty. <laughs> there you go. You know, it's really funny. I just talked about MySpace in a podcast recently, and I was saying how like MySpace allowed us to be so passive aggressive, whether it was, you know, utilizing the top 
eight or 10 or whatever it was, or uh, the song that you were able to display on your profile. Yeah. You could like, you know, if you were with somebody, you can like put a, like a mean song and, and it would be towards them, but not really tell them it was about them. Right. So, right, right, right. MySpace for anyone who's young listening to this was a very great <laughs> tool to be passive aggressive and made people jealous. Like Christina just mentioned, uh, ex-boyfriend. Now she just posted. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> 10 yeah. hot guys that she didn't even know. 10 hottest guys I can find. And sure enough, one of them ended up being the guy to, to the way he went to. And, uh, yeah, when I met him, I was like, Oh, you're pretty hot, but I don't want to marry, you know, I didn't want anything. I liked him as a friend. And because of that, I wanted to move to Florida. So I still kept him as a friend. And Tiff's wedding did happen. So, yeah, I did fly back. I asked him to go with me. But even so, you know, I was like friend, like friends, friends. And uh, I was dating a guy later on when I lived in Florida. And I remember something my. Do you remember Kelly Wagner? Yes. She was an intern. Went to high school with her. Yeah. Yeah. So Kelly came down to see me. And I was dating this other guy and I had a lot of fun with him, but he was just into his motorcycle and everything like that. So he went out and I think one of his friends was hitting on Kelly and I had said, you know, like, Hey, tell your friend to leave her alone. So Kelly and I, we were hanging out and the next that night, I think I got into a little argument with him after so I ended up leaving and then Kelly and I, we went to the beach and it was the perfect day. We went to Cocoa beach. It was awesome. And I remember coming back and, um, I got a text message saying, Hey, can you go with me to a wedding? And my sister was just having her fifth kid and having a christening. So I said, I wouldn't be able to go because it was at the same time that christening was. So he responded back with, well, can you go on a cruise with me? And I was like, hmm, sure could. <laughs> yep. So, yep. So that's what happened. So we went on a cruise and I started looking at him a lot differently. Like, why don't I like this guy? So then he flew back home. And the next time he came back down, he asked me to marry him. And so as my life did, I said, yes. And I stayed down there for another year or so in Florida while we prepared for the wedding. And then my parents are still up here. And I knew, like, I was just turning 30 at that time. And I was like, you're halfway dead. I had a lot of fun down here, but I'm not going to, I didn't meet anyone that I wanted to stay there for. So I decided, yep, this is my life. I'm going to move back. I'm going to get married. And I want babies. So that's what happened. Yeah, and, and then 30 years back, and that's when everyone started saying, "Well, where are you going to get a job?" And I was like, "A job? What? I have to work? I'm going to get married? Like that's a full time job? Like, what?" <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, "Okay, well, I'll make it look good." Hold on, Hold on. <laughs> marriage is not a full time job. If you want to say, be, be with me. <laughs> if you want to say, if you want to say being a mom is a full time job, I will give you that, but not being married. Well, in my world, John, that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, I, why do I have to get a job? Well, I'll make it look good. 
So I ended up putting my application at TJ Maxx Distribution Center. And I interviewed once. And I was like, "Uh -uh, I didn't get it. And that was the only place I put my application in. And then I ended up getting married. And a month later, I see my phone. And there's a number on there. I'm like, oh, God, do they want me? Are you kidding? So sure enough, I ended up getting a, a human resource job there. And I did that. I think I started in like May of 2011. And then by a year later, there was a um, a merchandise control position open. So what this entailed was going in and checking out children's clothes and making sure everything was okay and was able to go to a store. And it worked out. I ended up getting that position. And then I became a mom. And why I, I stayed there was because I only work three times of the week there. I work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 12-hour shift, and I'm done. So I'm able to see the kids four days a week, take them to school, take them to any kind of practice, always be there for them. And I'm going on my 10th year. So it worked out. Well, I mean, didn't they know that you were married? Like, how dare they <laughs> offer you that job? Did you call them back and like, yo. Yeah, TJ Maxx. I know. I was like, oh, my God, I, they want me. What did I say that they would want me? I just made it look good. I, I don't know <laughs> if you know this, TJ Maxx, but uh, I'm kind of married. Um, I'm married. It's a full-time job here. Full-time. <laughs> I got to go shopping and buy groceries and I clean. i like, what? Uh, oh, yeah, man. So, that's, that's... no. <laughs> So now you work, you still, you're still there with them and you have children now. Yeah. Children as in plural, right? Um, I have two. I have a girl and a boy, Lauren's seven and Max is five. Wow. Good so, for yeah. They're so, my like, so, so that, that is a full-time job. So I will give you that. That is a full-time job, but I still do have the job, the right. real job, which, but, um, is good because I get a, a good balance where yeah, I get to watch them and have them four days out of the week just to myself. And um, and then on the weekends, I, I work. So, and life kicked in and I really need a job. So, yeah. <laughs> it worked out. It's a, it's a really good job, too. Good. Good for you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, it's so important they have a, a good life work balance um it's so important and you know i don't know how, how your parents were but like my parents and then the, the, their parents before them they always they they were i feel like they overdid it with work they were like we we we, we live to work we have to work like if we're not working 60 hours a week we're babies or we're not like you know so like not that they didn't pay attention to their families because that's not what i'm trying to say but like who we are as, as parents now, I think is, is much different than what they were as parents. Not that they were, not that we're better parents than them by any means. They just have a different style. They had a different time. Like it's weird how generations change and, and, and kind of like, I know for me, like my dad was never an affectionate uh, father, just wasn't. And, and my son, um, not that I didn't know that my dad loved me, but like, I tell my son every day, multiple times a day, how much I love him. He he will never 
not know how much I love him. But our parents and their parents before them, that wasn't like that. So I, I think our generation, even like beyond us, like the, the future generations, like we we've realized how important it is to, you know, have family, be there for the family, talk about our feelings and, um, you know, not get so caught up in that evil thing that we call work. Yeah, no, definitely. But I think what I learned from my parents, um, I, I had really good parents, you know, and I'm lucky. I'm so blessed. They're still here and they're able to see, I, I mean, I'm, I'm the baby of the family. So my sister, I have two older sisters that, um, you know, they have five kids. My one sister has five kids. My other sister has three kids. And that always worried me that I was never going to have children because I couldn't find anyone that I really wanted to be with. And all, um, all, you, all you had to do was ask to go on a cruise. And they, boom. <laughs> that worked out. It did. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, my parents just really good parents. I'm very fortunate that I have that and I'm able to have the grandkids and, and see how they are with them and, and, you know, just everything that I imagined life would be. I remember when you were my intern and I think that same year, your dad passed away, right? My dad. Uh, so <clears throat> When I was an intern, my dad was still alive. My dad's actually the person who, um, I don't know how he told me about the internship posting, whether he called me or whatever it was. I think he probably called me because that was 2004. Um, so he's the one who told me about the internship. He's the one. Really? Yeah. So he's the one um, that, that told me about that. And um, that's why I ended up um, pursuing that. And he actually passed away this in June, so the summer of 05. So when you were exiting the weekender and I was entering, at, you know, kind of the fall-ish, uh, he, had, he was already gone. Um, that was one of the hardest days for me. Uh, not, not him passing, well, yes, him passing, but when I got, you remember the, uh, the Times Leader badges that got you in and out of the building, right? Yes. I remember getting that my photo on the, the front, <clears throat> I think it said press on it or whatever it was, but I remember getting that cause I had to go get it at the times leader building. And I was walking back over to the weekender building, which was like a block over. And I remember holding that and walking back over and realizing that I would not be able to show my father that. And that was a hard moment for me. I may have even shed a tear on the walk back to the weekender, but, um, yeah, I'll never forget that. That was a, not that my mom's not supportive by any means. My mom's still, she's thankfully still alive, super supportive, always, you know, always proud of me. But like, it was it was special in that, you know, my dad was the one who told me about the Weekender as an internship. And it would have been cool to see him, see me get my first full-time gig. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you said earlier, you know, things don't always work out the way you plan them to or want them to so Got it. it's all uh part of the game yeah it sure is one thing about working at the weekender for me is my grandfather was a journalist and he worked for the sunday 
independent, which was originally that place that the weekender was in. And so every time I walked in there, I was like, because my grandfather wasn't alive when I started there. And I would think to myself, I wonder what he would think. I wonder if I had his desk. So Yeah, how about that? That'd be neat. How about that? That'd be neat. Yep. Funny. Yeah, I mean, you know, one one reason I wanted to, to do this series was uh, not only because I wanted to kind of talk to, you know, people like you who I have not talked, I've not spoken to in 15, 16 years. Um, I just kind of wanted to, you know, revisit that time in my life and, and kind of talk about, you know, the importance that it, it was for, you know, you and, you know, Damien and Rachel. And I, I think the weekender and what I've been able to discover and I think I already knew it, but what everyone has said, like the weekender for everyone was such a great stepping stone uh, that kind of launched their career into whatever they're doing now, whether it's the same field that they were in at the weekender and they're, they're in that same field now, or they were just able to take that experience from the weekender and, and apply it to, you know, where they are today, um, whatever it may be. The weekender was this 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 force um, that has been so good to all of us. I agree. I definitely agree. I couldn't imagine a better start in life. I just feel that we are blessed and fortunate to have it as a thriving paper. Um, the internet wasn't as big then. I remember, like Leslie, I think she didn't. I remember her talking to the Mark Zuckerberger, Zuckerberger, whatever his name is, of Facebook. And again, we had, yeah, we had a MySpace. So I was like, Facebook, I'm not, I'm never going to get that, you know? And I would listen to that conversation, that interview. I remember um, her desk was across from my desk. And I just remember, and it's you know, bringing back the time of everything, how everything was back then. Well, Zucker, you know, he ruined it. He ruined it all because I mean, much. We, weekend or nights out weren't, weren't worth anything. <laughs> weren't worth yeah, he ruined yeah, a because, lot of things, John. Well, just posting, everyone's posting their freaking photos on the internet now. Yeah. Everyone's, every yeah. bar, every bar is posting their entertainment on the, uh, the internet. got it. Yeah, he took a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. So I Um, remember that interview, and I was like, what's Facebook? (laughs) Well, I was, I I found it off Facebook. I was on spring break. It was 2005. Okay. I just discussed this, like, maybe the last podcast or two. Um, We were, it was, yeah, it was 05, spring break, 05. My my one friend who was out of control, he was, was, was calling it spring break, 04. But it was spring break 05, and we met a, a group of girls there. And they're like, Do you guys, uh, are you guys on Facebook? And we're like, What the hell are you talking about? Like, we're on, we're on my, like, I got, I got a MySpace account. They're like, No, no, Facebook is where it's at. And like, we're like, What is it? And like, right. oh, you need a college like email address to get on it. And they're like, You know, like, go on, and when you get home, go on it and hit us up. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think like a week after we got home, like, the group of us got on Facebook, but like, even then it wasn't like, a. I just had it to have it. And, uh, yeah, MySpace was like the thing. And like, Oh five. 
like yeah. 05 to like, I think my, or I think Facebook kind of took off in like 09. I want, I, that's when I kind of like transferred my social media existence to primarily Facebook was 09. But I met my wife, when I didn't meet my wife, I utilized MySpace to contact my wife. Oh, really? You I, I'm, a, I'm a big baby. So like, right. So like, again, we'll go back to the fact that my wife is way too hot for me. Um, <laughs> now I had met my wife. My, my wife was a model of the week. Uh, I think twice. What? So Did yeah. You know that? Yeah. So she was actually at the model of the year party one year. I think that was 06. Um, so I had met her to have her photos done. I think that year we saw her at the party. Um, she was not having a great time. I think her boyfriend at the time was like downstairs cause she was like 20, I think at that point. Yeah. 20. So her boyfriend who was 21 at the time was downstairs in the, at the Woodlands drinking at the bar downstairs streamside and left her by herself. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, I mean, I should have took advantage of that then, but I'm like, oh, okay, that guy's a douche. Like that sucks for right. you. Like, your problem, not mine. <laughs> not mine. And uh, I, I brought her back because I remember her saying she wasn't 21, so she couldn't party. And I, so when she, I think she turned 21 in 07. And I remember reaching out to her and saying, "Hey, the the model of your party this year, you'll, you'll be able to, you know, partake in some beverages." And that was 07. I found out she, I found out she broke up with her boyfriend late 07 and then i started texting her like february of 08 i want to say and i just okay. didn't feel i didn't just didn't feel like she was like into it so i was like uh, she's not interested no i wasn't texting i'm sorry i think i messaged her on facebook i have to find out i, I had the entire conversation printed out <laughs> uh, on paper. believe me i understand but uh I don't know how it played out. Like, I didn't get married then. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember um, we, were, we were talking and then I, I kind of disappeared because I just thought she was not interested at all. And I'm like, well, she's way too hot for me. Like, I, like th th Yeah, I get that. She's not interested. That's cool. And then I think in March, after I disappeared for about a, a month, I uh, was on my way to Boston. So it was probably, okay, so right now it's March 11th. Today's March 11th that we're recording this. I go on a trip to Boston every year since 2007 with my guy friends for St. Patty's, Patty's Day. So we were on our way. It was me and my buddy Nick on our way to Boston. I texted her something and she responded after a month of me not talking to her. And <laughs> it, it's been golden ever since. So I love that. Yeah. It'll yeah. be, be 13 years this April. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Well, like I said, everything works out for a reason. So, yeah. just had to fall into play. I don't um, know how we got into that into that uh, subject. I know we talked about our families and shit. I forget. I don't know how. Uh, so I apologize for even listening. I don't know how we got <laughs> into that. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I didn't know she was the model of the week. Do you have yeah. that in a frame? Twice. I yeah, don't. I, <laughs> I think I have it on a CD somewhere, actually. You I think gotta I gotta bring it out. I post it right there and be like, "Yeah." I know. I know. I checked mine. <laughs> I should. I should. Cause so she continues to say that I fell into her trap. 
And, I, and I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm like, first of all, you're not trying to trap anybody, especially not this goof. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I you I said you fell into my trap. I was like, I told you where I was going. I'm Johnny Weekender. I'm going here. I'm going to. I said I'm going to Beer Boys tonight. Guess who showed up? Oh, my my, my future wife showed up with, with 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 her friend who had like a broken ankle. But that's how like dedicated my wife was at the time. She's like, I gotta go meet this guy. I'm dragging my friend with a broken foot. <laughs> and then I told her, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be at old time Charlie's tonight. Guess who showed up? No kidding. Yeah. I don't know. Amanda. Trap. I have, I have, Boom. I have the documentation. I have the, my space. And I, know, I know exactly where it is. What well, then one of these next ones, I'll have to like pull it out and read it. Maybe the one I do with Rachel, I will, uh, we'll, we'll set the, we'll set yeah, the record straight. As to who <laughs> fell for who, we'll let we'll let the internet decide who uh, who who's trapped. Who? Yeah, who, yeah. Who, who, <laughs> who's the master trapper? We'll find out. But well, good. I'm glad life worked out for you. And this yeah, is awesome. You, what you you're too. Doing. Oh, thank I you. Yeah, watch on because you're doing a really good job. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, like uh, I always wanted to do a podcast, and then I'm like how do I make this fun and interesting? Like, and how do I kind of, and, and uh, being nostalgic and all that kind of stuff is like big right now. And like, re- like, you know, there's a bunch of rewatch podcasts where people like rewatch TV shows. I'm like, it'd be so cool to kind of revisit the weekender staff because, you know, there was such a tight knit crew and we all had our personalities and our place in the, the office. And it, it, I don't think, I think when we first like, actually started like becoming, I don't want to say celebrity is the wrong word. That's not the right word I'm, I'm going to use, but like kind of like faces in the community. Like we started putting like our pictures in like on page two where yeah. it kind of show it kind of like gave people an idea of like who John Popka was and who Rachel what? P was. Yeah. No. in the credit, you know, that wasn't yeah. in there when I was there. Um, so that was another thing that you brought. Yeah, And I kind of always wanted it because, you know, I did do a lot and it was never like I could cut this out and put it in a, a portfolio, you yeah. know what I mean? So I would cut things out and just explain what I was doing, but I never had documentation to say, I'm the one who did that. I, I ran around and I did all this, you know yeah. what I mean? So I noticed that like, cause I would still pick up the weekender when I was working and I was like, oh, that's a great idea. I wish we did that when I was there. Well, I mean, I just felt, I just felt it was important. Like, it wasn't like a, like, it wasn't a braggadocious. So I'll use that word <laughs> uh, by any means. It was just like, I, I felt like we were out in the community. Like if we were doing nights out or if we were like here or there, it'd be a great way for, you know, people to put a face to the name especially with even, even the sales reps, like it's just a great way for people to say, Oh, you're John Popko or you're Katie gross. I want to talk to you about advertising. Yeah. Even, yeah. And then it, even when I was GM, like I had my, my sales team, I didn't make them wear suits and ties. I had them. We actually got like nice polos, like, like short sleeve polos with the weekender logo embroidered on the front left chest. And then in the winter time, we got nice under armor, like pullovers. Same thing. I felt like, yeah, well, let's say you're, you're pumping gas, right? And someone, like, the weekender 
people knew what the weekender was. If they saw you wearing a weekender shirt, like, oh, you work for the weekender? Yeah, I do. I've been trying, I want to, I want to talk to you about advertising. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm in sales. Let's talk. Like, it's, yeah. It's just that no, easy it yeah, yeah. It was definitely helpful. So, so I like that, that I noticed after I left, that that was something that was, but that was new, newly done. So I did like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my, my, my got two Is cats. Is he awake? No, I have, no, I have two cats down here. Oh, was, I thought it was your little buddy. No, like I said, he. he <laughs> so I, I messaged you before we got on this to say I was going to be two minutes late because I try and do these when he's like on his way to bed or after he's already in bed. So that way, like, you know, I spit, you know, work all day. So I want to be able to come home and spend some time with him. But um, he uh, he needed me to like help him brush his teeth. He, he didn't want oh, mommy wow. to do it, wanted me to do it. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. No big deal. Always do it. There will be a Always day that it. you want nothing to do with me. You're right. So. Yeah. His mom typically it. puts in the bed. Mom, mom reads the stories. He wants mom to do that. So I get the, I get you the get, little. Do you get the bath? Do you help him take bath? I did the bath tonight. Yep. I'm on bath yep. duty. Yep. Yep. It was funny. The first two years of his life was, it was everything mommy. Everything mommy. Just it was almost to the point where I'm like, why? And I tried so hard to be like involved and like because like two reasons: a, I wanted to be involved, I wanted to do things for my son, and b, I didn't want my wife to ever feel like, you know, it was yeah. all on her. Right. But there was just yeah for the first two years, and it's one reason I'm thankful for the pandemic. Uh, you know, I'm not thankful that that it happened because it's destroyed lives and. I've been financially impacted by the whole situation, but <clears throat> I was able to stay home with him for two and a half, three months uh, where it was just, my wife was home every other day, but he and I was, we were home every day together. And then obviously when she was at work, he and I would be together all day. So I think it's this time that we needed together to kind of solidify the, the father son relationship. Yeah, that's so. good. John. That's really good. Yeah. I also enjoyed them. I mean, I like CJ Maxx. They they paid when I think for two months I was out of work, and it was great because the kids were home, and I would devote my time to them, and just got to spend all all kinds of time and, and do things that we would never do. Right. So I really enjoyed that. And family for me is pretty much everything. It's your full-time job. It's a full-time job and being a wife is too. I mean, really. You, you have like three full-time jobs. You have like oh wife, I child think. one, child two. Uh, right. Maybe four. four let's even jobs. take that I'm now the teacher. I'm the principal. <laughs> I am uh, the counselor. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? I like being the principal now, I must say. I'm like, oh, yeah, you think you're, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> Go to your room. That's where you're going. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean that's that's been crazy, right? I mean, oh god, yeah. But um, I can't you know, imagine all of that. But yeah. it's funny because her teacher is now calling out all the kids because she's in she's in second grade, and, and um, you know she's making hundreds on everything. 
now that they're back in school, not so much. <laughs> Who's the teacher? Who's the teacher? Who's get? Who should get that salary? I should exactly. Definitely. Yeah. So, and no, I yeah. give I give you and all the parents out there who have yeah. I, I don't know how that works. Is and I keep every every podcast because like we always talk about COVID because I mean it's part of our lives right now, and I don't know how it works for a husband and wife who both work. How do they figure out the the child schooling situation? Um. You know, what if it's a single mother who has a full-time job? How does she figure that out as far as? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I still can't figure that out because uh, it's impossible. I would think like you really have to be at home if you can't count on anybody. Yeah. So I don't know. know. But I even had to keep Max like he's going to be six and he should have started kindergarten. They kept him in uh, in preschool for another year because I didn't want him on the computer all the time. Sure, yeah. So, you know, it affected him. That's smart. Yeah, I, I, I hope that, you know, kids are resilient, and I hope that they can kind of, uh, you know, push through this experience of their lives. Um, but I'm also concerned that, you know, we don't know the ramifications it's going to have in the future, whether it's five, 10 years from now. It, I guess we'll see. I, I, I pray for the kids that they don't, they're not affected by it because it's, that's not fair to them. I mean, every, every kid is born innocent, right? Yeah. And it's, it's just not fair. Yeah. No, it's not. No. And like, I see how, I remember second grade for me and I love second grade. I think that, that was the best year of my life because I loved it. It was like 1986. And, uh, and, you know, she only goes to school like two times out of the week. Yeah. Just, I, I feel that she's missing a lot of it. You know, even though I like her being at home because sure. I like being there, but it's that social you know that you're missing oh, that's out. Oh, it's huge. That's huge. Friendship that you're missing out Damn on. Damn cat. <laughs> She's saying <laughs> hi. You're keeping hi to me. That's all. This is the mooch. That's a beautiful cat. We rescued this cat from the outside world in 2015. You would have froze to death. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful. Yeah. She's a good cat. But we're talking about kids right now. But <laughs> yeah, I just hope. Yeah, the kids need the kids need uh, socialization. Socialization. Yeah, no, that's exactly what she missed out on. So we'll see. Okay. We have her in baseball, and she's she was in ballet still, so she was able to socialize then. But Good. now I just that's in my mind of me always having someone to go over their house and. You know, it's just such a different world because it's like, I don't even know if it's like, well, whose house is she going to? And I don't know the parents and it's like, I don't know, you know what I mean? So it's even that question. And I don't think like I'm very cautious, but I just became it. Sure. So yeah, it's, it's a different world. And I just feel bad for like, you know, there's, you, you only get one chance at a few things in life. 
you know, especially in high school and junior high, like, um, you know, junior high dances, if they, if that still exists, I'm not really even sure. Um, but prom in high school, like you know, um, if, you, if you play, if you play sports, your, 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 your varsity, your yeah. scholarships, your senior year of whatever sport you're playing, like you don't get that back. Like it's, no, it's just no. crazy to think about. And I feel so bad for those yeah. kids. I do too. I do too. It's really affected a lot of people. Yeah. Um, well, Hey, it's a weeknight. I'm sure you, well, I have work tomorrow. My, Oh other yeah, you job. do. You do. Yeah. <laughs> my other job. Normally, I'd be sleeping. Oh my gosh, it's almost ten o'clock. Oh yeah. I gotta get to bed. Get to bed. <laughs> it's funny. I, I kept Katie Gross up. She's like, it was like eight thirty. We started, and she's like, usually I'm, I'm going to bed, but tonight I put on some makeup and I'm grabbing a glass of wine. I'm like, <laughs> you realize yeah. this is like ten thirty on like a weeknight. You're back in our tw- like mid twenties. Yeah. Now right? I'm with Katie. I'm in bed eight o'clock usually. Oh. Uh, God, I, I wish but I could. I have to get up at like four in the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll let I you go. I'll let so. you go. I'll let you Thank go. You. Thanks for doing this. Really appreciate you. it. I wish you all the luck in life. Same. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy you're doing well. I'm so happy that you're happy and uh, you've created a beautiful life for yourself. And um, I'm so happy that we had the opportunity to work together. I'm so happy that you left the weekend when you did. Because if you didn't, I don't know if I would have uh, ever started. I mean, maybe I would have got a job somewhere else in my life. My life, seriously, like everything happens for a reason. And like, it's just, it's just funny how things work out because let's say you stayed there and I'll let you go to this. You stayed there and I got a job working for, I don't know, enterprise car sales, which was a place I interviewed or applied to. What if I got a job there? Nothing right. wrong with, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with nothing that. Nothing wrong but, with that. But how would you make your way? Oh, I, right? would, I, would, I wouldn't. Here's the thing. I, there's there's so many things that would have happened. I wouldn't have worked at a fun job like the weekender. Would not have met my wife. I would not be doing this podcast. I would not have worked in radio. I would not have worked. Uh, I would not be where I am right this second. So, um, yeah, for sure. Well, so. I'm glad to hear it. I'm I am too. To Everything happens for a reason. I'm, I'm thankful that you were a part of it. And uh, maybe I'll see you around soon. I think you will. I'm back. So I've been back for like 10 years now. So maybe one, one day we'll see each other on the street. Yeah. And, I, and I've been to where you work. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're hiding <laughs> in the back. <laughs> the distribution know. center? Oh, no. no I'm sorry. Not, no, not there. Not there. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I usually get all the, the stuff there before it hits the stores. And I can't buy anything there. Believe me, I'd rather it. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, I think I want that, especially if kids' clothes. I'm always <laughs> yeah, looking right? at them. Like, I guess, no, no, can't buy it there. Yeah. So I really got to go out and shop. But so. that's the life now. So get some sleep. Thank you. All. I'll talk to you Thanks soon. So Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, John. All right. See you. Bye.